0: This is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. The SciCast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere Compact Utility tractors, which have the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. Hi everybody, I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is a visit with former Cyclone Men's Basketball star Jared Holman, a true fan favorite and a great player from Remsen, Iowa. Holman had a terrific professional career in Europe, and he still has many fond memories of his time at Iowa State. We hope you'll enjoy this visit with Jared Holman. Jared, you uh, had an 11-year career in Europe. Let's start off with that, just an all-star in Poland, winning a league title in Croatia. How much fun was it to, to play overseas for so long? It was amazing. It was truly a great experience,
1: not just because you got to play overseas, but it was these countries that most people go to vacation. I got to live there immerse myself in the culture, you know, meet some great
0: people. So it truly was a, a great experience. I enjoyed Paul Shirley's book. Can I keep my Jersey? I imagine you have some crazy stories too, about your life as a pro player in Europe. There's so many different things that are going on. What are some of the the memories of uh, maybe some crazy things that happened to you while you were playing as a pro over there? <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't read Paul's book. I heard it's a good
1: read. I need to get to that, but you know, just, just the various things getting used to culture I remember one time we're flying into Russia for a game. It's absolutely blizzard. It's cold. I think our, our bus almost spins out. We wreck right before the game. I mean, just various stuff like this. It's, I mean, i have to think a little bit about all the stuff that happened, but there's some pretty crazy stories.
0: Well, that's a pretty good place to start. Uh, tell me about um, just growing up on a farm in Remsen in the state of Iowa. What made Iowa State so appealing to you? Uh, I had family members that went to Iowa State, you know, obviously, growing up in the state of Iowa, you're either
1: a Cyclone fan or a Hawkeye fan. Where I was from were more agriculture-related, so I always grew up watching Iowa State. You know, Paid attention to Iowa a little bit, but it was always you know, watching the Iowa State games
0: that I could remember. I heard that uh, Fran Fraschella, when he was recruiting you, he was the head coach <laughs> at New Mexico. He talks about that trip quite a bit, about coming to Remsen and trying to get you to come to New Mexico. Tell me about your recruitment. I mean, how many schools were involved? What, what was it like when you were being recruited? It was a fun
1: experience. I mean, I had a bunch of... Um, Schools recruited me, a few in the Big 12, Iowa State, Nebraska, a lot of the Missouri Valley, like the UNIs, the Creightons. I had New Mexico, uh, Boston College, uh, some of the Ivy Leagues, Princeton. Um, An interesting phone call is what I had. was on the phone with uh, Princeton. Um, I I think I was just starting to get recruited by Iowa State or had just committed. The coach had called me, like, hey, Jared, you know, we can't do full, you know, athletic scholarships. You know, we can give you grants stuff to cover your school. Um, What do you think? And I go, Uh, I think I'm good on my interest, but I appreciate your time. He goes, you know, this is Princeton calling, right? I go, yeah, I know who you guys are. (laughs) I've heard of you. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, when Fran was recruiting me, I think he came to some football games. They drove out to the farm in Iowa. I think it was harvest time at that point. So we've seen this big machine that's taking up the whole road. He's like, I don't know what this thing was. It had lights. It looked like a spaceship. (laughs) I thought
0: you mean a combine. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) A little different for him too, I'm sure. So you you came to Iowa State right after the the back-to-back Big 12 championship seasons. And um, you didn't play with Jabal Tinsley, but I know you guys played in a lot of pickup games prior to you getting here. Legend has it he didn't like your physical style so much. (laughs) No, not, not, not so much. I think we were playing pick ball. I'd come
1: down to Hilton every once in a while before the season started, you know, playing some pickup games. There was this one time at Hilton, you know, running back and forth. You know, I'm kind of in awe of just playing with these guys. Tinsley goes up for a, I don't know, for a layup or a move. I end up blocking. When I blocked him, I put him down to the ground as well. Clean block. I go to help him out. He goes, get the F off. Now I don't need your help. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so that's how things are done the big 12.
0: Yeah, it, 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 you you got indoctrinated to it right there. And and you played for Coach Eustachian. I mean, going to his practices, there was no out-of-bounds. I mean, uh, t- tell me about playing for Coach Eustachian. Any good stories there? Uh, I mean, I could literally,
1: you know, Paul Shirley wrote a book about all of his years in Europe. I could write a book just on and his practices and the mannerisms. Um, but yeah, you were absolutely right. Things were very, very physical. Uh, I remember one practice, we're doing this 3-on-0 rebounding. We got to get, I think, uh, you know, three to five rebounds, put it back in. Once you get those, you can get out the next guy in. I had the flu. I had a temperature. Didn't want to be at practice, but still going through it. Because if you can stand, you could practice. Um, halfway through three, I know a rebound. I can feel it coming up. Get to the garbage can, puke. All of a sudden, I hear you say, oh, man, what are you doing? We need you back in the drill. Get back in the drill. <laughs> finish, finish puking. Go back right into the drill. Get another rebound. Go up. Finally, get to, get out. And I think it was my sophomore year, so that was three on zero rebound. And then we had three on three, where the teams on defense they have to get three stops to get back out to go on offense. So anything could reset it from an offensive rebound, the team scoring, all those things reset it, and you get your three in a row starts over. Three guys were on there. I think I ended up getting an offensive rebound, dropped the ball, was walking back to the three point line to get back in line. All of a sudden, I hear the feel the ball hit me in the back of the head because their score just return just restarted I'd turn around and Jake had just thrown the ball at the back of my head I think as soon as I turned around he knew he made a mistake I took <laughs> off after him let's just say he ended up in under the bleachers in Hilton Coliseum
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it um well I mean hey your style of play fit. Larry Eustachy and the way what he wanted he wanted physicality he wanted rebounding things you just mentioned defense and I mean that that was you that was your game that that had to be a great fit for you yeah it was I mean needless to say when I got there as a freshman
1: I wasn't too much of an offensive prize my game was based on being physical defense rebounding which was kind of his his forte and I think that's what kind of propelled me into being the player I was and gave me my roots to play professionally. Because I came into Iowa State, you know, I didn't really have too many aspirations that I was gonna be a professional basketball player. You know, by the time I got to be a junior, I thought, hey, I can make a little bit of money doing this and you know, kinda of worked out in that regard. But every time a, a team was looking at me, that's what they were looking for. The defense, the rebounding, you know, that X factor on the team. And
0: obviously, you know, some of the offense, you know, came on came on later and was established as well. Well, uh, as Jake found out that day in practice, you were not a guy that was not going to stand his <laughs> ground. And I think a lot of Iowa State fans remember the the thing with D.J. Harris of Colorado, which Larry had a great line about after the game. But just just refresh our memories about that whole thing and what happened there. Yeah, I believe that was my freshman year. We had, a, we had lost
1: a lot of games close, close that year, and we were finally up on Colorado at home. This was after halftime. I wasn't starting, so I was still on the bench. I think we had – we're up by a little bit, and we started to give some of it back. So Eustachy was pissed, calls time out, and was starting to yell at the team from the bench. Well, the Harrison brothers obviously thought he was yelling at him, which he wasn't, and then started to walk towards Eustachy like he was gonna run up on Eustachy. And I swear, I don't even remember like it coming through my brain or thinking about it. It was like my body reacted before my brain thought. And next thing I know, it's in front of Eustachy, you know, going at the other Harrison brothers, and the bench is clear, and it's a pushy match, and it just all happened all of a sudden. And I remember walking back to the locker room after, you know, getting thrown out, just wondering what's going to happen. Oh, he's going to he's going to yell at my ass. This is not going to be good. Just kind of pacing the locker room. Luckily, we end up winning the game, came in the locker room, put his hands in. All right. Great win, everybody. See you tomorrow. Boy, I, I breathe a sigh of relief after that one.
0: You never heard about it. And, no, uh, now that's never got funny. brought up uh, again.
1: <laughs> now
0: He did say in the postgame press guy, I think his line was, Holman reacted like somebody stole his cow. Wasn't that what he said? Yeah, yeah that's exactly what he said. <laughs> uh, classic line. <laughs> Get ready for your tailgate with Authentic Brand. Proudly creating Cyclone gear, Authentic Brand makes all kinds of Cyclones apparel, from T-shirts to dress shirts, hats, bags, and more. You'll love the huge selection and all in cardinal and gold. Find it at local retailers or order online at AuthenticBrand.com. All right, now I want to talk about your sophomore year. You guys make the NIT, and you really started to bond with Jackson Broman. You guys made a great one-two punch in the post during your time together. How, did, how much did you guys kind of push each other every day to get better? We
1: did. I mean, my freshman year at Iowa State, you know, like I said, my mentality was, you know, work hard. I actually got Mr. Hustle my freshman year, and then this guy comes in. 6'11", skinny, athletic, and just has no quit to him. And, you know, I thought I had a motor on me, but Jackson just had another another level to him. And we would always play one-on-one, you know, horse, whatever, pick a ball in practice, we would push each other. I think it was probably, you know, it had to be my sophomore year. I think Will Blaylock was on a, a recruiting visit and he likes to tell the story. He's like, I came in and stage like, hey, you watch these two guys. I'm gonna put them against each other. You come to a fist fight. And then afterwards, they're gonna be best friends and go home. Will's like, yeah, come on, coach, whatever. So he purposely put me and Jackson against each other in the mandrill. So the mandrill guy gets so many catches, the losing guy has to run sprints. I think that practice, we actually came to blow. Somebody's following each other. We're yelling. We're trying to, trying to win. So we literally came, come to a fistfight, that, that <laughs> practice. And then afterwards, he had dinner because all the recruits are there. So we're sitting down. I'm literally sitting next to Jackson talking about what we're going to do that night and hanging out. And was like, man, these guys are crazy. I can't believe this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love but, it. Um,
1: yeah, there was, there was nobody like Jackson, man. He became one of my... Uh, one of my best friends.
0: Yeah, I know you. I know you miss. We all do. But that was um, it. Was it was a tragic, tragic thing to lose Jackson. No doubt about it. I want to take you through another tough time in your life, and that's when Coach Stacey got fired. And how, how did you guys deal with it? I know that had to be such a, a crazy time. How how difficult was that for you? You know, it was really difficult because you know, like I
1: said, Jackson and I came very close. and We became a very core of the of the team, and you know, we were kind of. Larry's guys, his mold, what he wanted to see in players. And we didn't know who was going to be the next coach at the time, what was going to happen. You know, Jackson, and I even mentioned, you know, transferring because we were just so up. We felt like we had been, you know, stabbed in the back. And, you know, we he had recruited us, so it, was, it would be tough to see him go. You know, obviously, then they brought in, you know, Wayne, and we had had a relationship with him, and we loved Iowa State. So, obviously, we stuck it out. But it was just – it was tough to see him go because we knew he was the guy – he was the guy that brought us in and we were his mold that he
0: wanted to see on the court. Yeah, no doubt. And you mentioned coach Morgan and he comes in and I think a lot of people maybe thought that team wouldn't accomplish much, but you guys went to the NIT final four and Madison square garden. And what I remember about that season is just late in the year when you guys beat Marquette and Florida state and Georgia in the NIT, you were, you were playing some great basketball. You would have won some NCAA tournament games. I think that year.
1: Absolutely. I mean, my seniors when they, we won the, we're in the NCAA tournament, but it's arguable to say that 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 junior year team might have been better. I mean, we were just so deep with myself, Jackson, Marcus Jefferson, Jake, Tim Barnes. We had a a heck of a team that year and we lost a few games close and obviously, you know, couldn't get it done on the road. You know, that would have been the difference maker being the NCAA tournament. I think we would have, you know, gave a lot of teams problems.
0: I want to talk about your uh, 2003, 2004 season then because some games really stand out there and that, the one that so many fans remember is the Iowa game. Everybody remembers John Neal for sure. <laughs> um, but you sprained your ankle and you came back into play. Take me, take me through that game. What do you remember from that game? You know,
1: honestly, I remember it being a tough game in the first half. I really couldn't get going. then finally in the second half, I was starting to get a little bit of a flow. We were playing better, you know, coming back. And I stepped on somebody's foot. I mean, I, th- I thought I broke it. I remember Vic Miller coming over. I go, Vic, I, I, I broke my ankle. It's broke. I've never felt pain like that before. Go in the locker room. They take the tape off. They look at it. It's fine. You know, I'm like, shoot, it's Iowa game. I got to get back in there. So I'm like, yo, tape it up, tape it tighter. Um, get me back out there. <laughs> I'm fine. So I go back out there and I think that's when Jackson got a couple of offensive rebounds, you know, threw it out to John. John made a couple of big threes and obviously, you know, they don't need me at this point. So I'm just on the, on the bench, hopping around with one leg, ecstatic that we're about to pull off this victory. And then obviously
0: everybody remembers John Neal, the guy that beat the Hawkeyes that game. Oh, no doubt. He's, uh, he's still living off that the, the moment, I'm sure. How about the Texas game when Boddicker misses the free throws? And he was a really good free throw shooter. Take me through that one. That probably was about as loud as Hilton was your whole time at Iowa State, I imagine. Absolutely. I can remember standing on the free throw line.
1: Hilton's going nuts. I swear I could see the – uh, the rim actually vibrating from how loud it was in the echoes. And then when he missed both free throws, the second one, you know, it, it was like a jump ball it got tossed around, tossed around, nobody gained control. But I finally, got, I think I came up with the rebound with like, you know, half a second left and that kind of sealed it. And I just threw the ball up in the air and
0: obviously just celebrated after that. So the game at Kansas, your junior year, one of the craziest situations that, that I can certainly remember in the history of oh. Iowa State basketball. You, you're at the free throw line. It's a two-shot foul. Tom O'Neill flips the ball out to you. And you miss the first free throw. And Kansas rebounds. They run down the floor, and J.R. Giddens hits a three. Yeah. And, and they end up counting that basket and then giving you the second free throw. And they realize you should have had two shots instead of the one-on-one. Take me through the craziness and the confusion and everything that was going on during that scenario. Yeah, it was nuts because I think I got a pass from
1: Jake, went up for the shot, got fouled, went to the free throw line, shot the first one, missed, and they got the rebound and took off. I just kind of stood there. I'm like, <laughs> what, what, what are they doing? I was, it just took me a second, like, what's going on? And then I'm thinking, wait, did I actually make it or was it one and one? What's going on? So I started to jog back and I'm like yelling at the ref, hey, it's two shots. It's two shots. They're not stopping the play. Obviously, getting goes and makes the three-pointer. And then that's when the discussion starts. Like, OK, yeah, you get your one shot. I couldn't believe they didn't take the three points off off the board. You know, I don't know if that's ever happened since then, and what the ruling would be now. Um, but apparently, they said they couldn't take points off the board. Well,
0: you could have certainly had a
1: great win there at Kansas. Uh, that that crazy yeah. turn of events was huge in that game. You had that one, and then the end of regulation. Um, I think it was Langford hit a yeah. three with his foot on the line that would have been reviewed, and that would that sent it to overtime. So those two instances, you know, that that was a victory. So.
0: You know, basically would have been back to back victories at Kansas, my junior and senior year. Yeah, we're going to we're going to get to that one. Trust me. But let's talk about your senior year. So, I mean, the crazy thing about that year is you guys start 0-5 in the Big 12 and everybody is really written you guys off at that point. And all of a sudden you went seven straight. What happened? You know, I think it just took a while. You know, preseason is,
1: you know, a different beast. Once you get to the Big 12, it's a different style of play. And that year, we were meshing a lot of young guys. Will and Curtis really had to take the reins. and became very focal parts. We lost Jackson. You know, Damian Staple stepped up his game and started playing better. Tashid Carver, Sean Clark, you know, they were all coming to their element. We had a very young, you know, kind of inexperienced team because you had Jackson playing so many minutes the year before, as well as Marcus Jefferson and Jake Sullivan. So these guys were really just getting their first real taste of the Big 12 and what it takes. And it just took us a little while, longer than it should have to mesh. And then we just ran off of that string of, you know, seven straight with wins at Texas, wins at Kansas. Um, I don't think Coach Morgan is still happy with me after the win at Texas. I said, it got to the point where it was just so bad we couldn't win on the road. I started bringing a sh- bottle of champagne with me on the road because I go, <laughs> once I finally win this first Big 12 road game, I'm going to celebrate a little bit. And it happened at Texas. So I popped the champagne, spray all over everybody, especially Coach Morgan. Coach Morgan said, Jared, this a $2,000 suit. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that was. I go, Coach, I don't care. It's worth it. Well, I mean, Iowa State <laughs> hadn't won a road game since uh, the last uh, Big 12 championship season, 2000, 2001. It was a 28 game road losing streak in the conference. And so uh, celebrating probably wasn't a bad call at that point. And I, wasn't that when the plane? Couldn't go back. They had a mechanical problem, and so we had to stay in Austin for an extra night. That's correct. It just happened to be uh, Mardi Gras in, in Austin. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. That's, that, <laughs> that. You can let your imagination do the rest. All right, so going to Kansas, though, that year, they're ranked number two. I remember this game so well. It was an 11 a.m. tip. It was on uh, ABC. And you guys go into Allen Fieldhouse, and you beat them. Tell me what that, what that game was like. You know, it's an emotional game, especially
1: every time you play Kansas. I mean, they had a hell of a team, and it's tough to win there, Uh, especially the the, the events leading up to my senior year. I mean, between my sophomore and junior year with the missed free throws, Miles punching me in the back of the head, the fight with Simming and Jackson. There was just so much that had happened the last couple years, and then my freshman year, they had a heck of a team. You know, gave us a pretty good whooping. So finally, my senior year, we got a good team. We're in a little bit of a roll. And we just played well. I think Curtis played amazing. You know, I had a pretty solid game. Clutch offensive rebound towards the end of the game. Ends up going mm-hmm. into overtime. I believe I fall out. But, but it was just a hard-fought game,
0: and we were able to pull it out. And, you know, it was just one of those victories that's always going to stick with you. Yeah, that celebration was awesome after that game. I've got a picture of that down in my basement. You guys just all jumping up and down in, in each other's arms, Dave Braid and all you guys, man. It was just, it was really cool, really cool. Today's Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. So, you guys do make the NCAA tournament that year. Um, so, you, you get in the tournament for the first time, and you actually wanting you beat Minnesota to advance. Um, that had to be a good feeling to get at the tournament. Yeah, it was. I think we knew we
1: could take care of business with Minnesota. It was going to be a tough game. And, and that game, the whole way through, I always thought we had the game. We were pretty much in cruise control the whole time. It was a tough game, but I never really thought there was a chance we were going to lose that game. And to be honest, when the pairings came out and then we saw that we were going to match up with North Carolina, of any team in the tournament, I did have a feeling that that would be one of our, our toughest matchups. They were just so deep talented they ran the floor like us so we weren't gonna be able to exploit that like we would have been able to with a lot of other teams it, it was tough man we, we didn't have a day's rest and we only played six guys you know where they played eight ten guys no problem
0: so i just think they were you know well rested and you know had a heck of a lot of talent that year yeah including sean may who was a, an all-american yeah. and you're going against him and <clears throat> 19 points and 20 rebounds against north carolina man that's that's pretty good stuff yeah, you know nobody
1: wants their college career to come to an end, but if it has to, that's it wasn't a bad way to go out. You know, in front of twenty-five thousand people, having nineteen, twenty, and I think I had fourteen and thirteen the first game against Minnesota. So yeah, it was it was a good good way to go out. Marvin Williams, I mean, was their sixth man, ended up being the second second pick in the draft that year. You know, having to guard those those two
0: guys was uh, was a heck of a challenge. All right, you got You got to share with me. Tell me what you said to Marvin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I just told him nothing
1: but pleasantries, you know? <laughs> He's a heck of a player. <laughs> All right, so ah, he, did, he, thought, he thought I was trying to be uh, cheap shot or too aggressive. I don't know if they don't play that way out there. But uh, I said, yeah, this is the Big 12. This is how we play. You know, cheap shots. If you don't want it, you know, don't come in the
0: paint. I love it. Now here's here's what now our, our radio broadcast is pretty close to your bench. And so I remember vividly um, Stinson he's getting on you during a timeout saying you got a rebound. <laughs> <laughs> you had 20 rebounds against Sean May in that game. <laughs> so Curtis I think I rem- Yeah, I think I remember that,
1: you know, it's hard to the momentum of the game. We're all trying to hold each other accountable. And you know, I'm sure they had gotten a few offensive rebounds and Curtis keep, go home and get a rebound. I think it was either Arch our our manager Dave Better, was like. Yo, know, Curtis, it's not even the end of half. He's already got 11. <laughs> oh, shit. My bad, man. <laughs> so you're,
0: now, you were a pretty good shop locker, too. A great shop locker, actually. And, and a lot of it on help defense. And, and you still hold the school record. Does that make you feel pretty proud to know that you still have that, your name at the top of the record book there?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not mad, bad for an athletic white farm boy from Iowa. So I guess I'll take that one. <laughs> yeah,
0: 235 I mean, blocks. What, what made you a good shop locker?
1: I think a lot of it was just timing and also the physicality played a part in it. Usually a lot of people think, you know, shot blocking is only athleticism. But if you're able to put your chest on somebody and, and, and stop that guy's momentum, you know, he doesn't have as big of a, a lift or jump, so you can be able to body him up. And I like to block uh, shots with my left hand. You know, a lot of guys are right-handed, so it just made it easier to block shots as well.
0: You know, you, uh, to this day, so many Iowa State fans just uh, think so highly of you, and they, they just loved your style of play. You're a fan favorite to this day. What do you think it was about – was it just the way you played, or, or what do you think it was that that Iowa State fans love you so much? I don't know. I, I think that just kind of, you know, sacrificing my body
1: for the good of the team and, and also the fact that I'm a farm boy from Iowa, kind of one of their own, plays, it, plays a part into it. And going to Iowa State, you know, I had all these schools recruiting me, You know, looking back, you know, some people wish they would have done this, that Uh, I have no regrets going to Iowa State. It was absolutely the right decision. And now the whole discussion is, you know, should guys get paid? You know, if you could have gone to Europe, would you have left early? What kind of money? And knowing the amount of money that I made, um, if I could have left early and made that kind of money overseas, would have I done it? Not a a chance. I wouldn't change those four years at Iowa State for any amount of money. There's just something so pure and ecstatic about playing for the guy next to you, not having to worry about next year's contract or salary.
0: It's, it's just a, a better way to play. I couldn't agree with you more. That's awesome. And tell me now, like what you're doing now, your pro career's over, as I mentioned, 11 years. That's a good long career. Tell me what you're doing now. Uh, so now I'm out in New York. I'm in the medical device business. Um, two of my really good friends
1: from back in the Iowa State days, I'm still close with Dave Edwards. Uh, was a manager and then assistant coach, John Neal. Obviously, everybody knows we're in the medical business. I got done playing basketball. My degree was in finance, you know, kind of looking at what I wanted to get into and they kind of, you know, showed me the ropes and told me what that industry was like. So I got into that. So I worked for a company, uh, Boston Scientific, uh, dealing with chronic pain patients, which is, which is very interesting and rewarding at the same time. You know, I work with pain physicians, uh, implanting spinal cord stimulators. Mm-hmm. And then I work in the operating room with
0: neurosurgeons doing the implantation. Wow! Well, I mean, what a crazy, so, what a crazy time to be living in New York and to be <laughs> working in the medical field. I mean, it, it's just got to be nuts right now. Yeah, it is. And my procedure is an elective procedure. So they've,
1: those have pretty much been canceled. They're trying to keep the hospitals as empty as possible. Um, you know, reaching out to a bunch of my physicians, uh, the hospitals have been pretty crowded. Uh, the streets, they're empty. I go for a run at night, just to kind of, you know, clear my mind and get some exercise and you know, I'll run through Times Square. There's not a soul out there. You see cops on the corner, but you don't see any cars. You hardly see any pedestrians. You'll see people out running, walking their dogs, getting their exercise. But
0: for the most part, the, uh, the streets are empty. Are you able to to keep track at all of your uh, your former teammates or even the current Cyclones? Do you kind of keep track of what Iowa State's doing still? Yeah, I still like to watch a few games. Um, you know, check out, see what's
1: going on. Obviously, they've they've done very well keeping the tradition going as of recently. Past players, like I said, John Neal is one of my best friends out in New York. I got together with Damian Staple, who was out here in Wayne Morgan. We we were able to get together and have dinner a few times. Awesome, um, Dave Dave Brait. Curtis and are two guys I'd like to reconnect with. Again, I you know, hit each other up on you know, Facebook or whatever every once in a while.
0: Well, that's awesome. And then I, now our, our friend Mike Green wanted me to ask you if he's the best PR guy that you ever had. Oh, and he's the man. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is. Me for, uh, he
1: was always really good at his job. He was a great guy to uh, you know, shoot the crap with. And you, know, you guys were great
0: on the, the play-by-play. I definitely missed uh, Iowa State and all the personnel. Well, we always enjoy seeing you when you get back here, and I hope you can do it again sometime soon because it's always really fun to visit with you. And, uh, man, I appreciate you taking so much time today. I know it's kind of a crazy time, but uh, it has really been fun kind of going down memory lane with you and uh, wish you nothing but continued success. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on, and uh, good catching up with you. Today's SciCast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations – and learn why VanWall Equipment and John Deere are Iowa's clear first choice. Thanks for listening.